This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and this week we have a very exciting guest with us. She is objectively the most beautiful and astounding and enamoring woman that has ever lived on the planet. Um, she is delightfully strong-willed. She is a leader, a shepherd, a caretaker, a pastor's wife, and so many other things. And in case you haven't guessed, uh, it is my lovely wife, Brianne, not Brianna, correct? Yes. Not Brianna, Brianne, um, with an E, not an I. And uh, Brianne and I have been married for almost 13 years. Okay, Brianne, pop quiz, what was the year? 2003. And what was the date? July 26th. And the time? 2.30 p.m. Four. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Uh, Brianne and I have three kids, seven, five, and three, and all of them want to love Jesus a whole lot. And they are also frighteningly strong-willed and joyful and delightful and destructive. Our son in particular, um, very violent and also very caring simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Brianne, so she's been a pastor's wife for almost 13 years and a few other little pieces of bio um, on my wife. Um, she runs a counseling practice out of the village church. She is a licensed professional clinical counselor, LPCP. And uh, that counseling practice is primarily mostly for our community. And uh, that's been very exciting to watch that grow. Um, She is also a florist. She owns and operates Floral Excellence in South Elgin, Illinois, and uh, just has a wonderful time making the world a much more beautiful place and entering into people's um, moments, their high highs and their low lows, and hopefully just bringing the beauty of Jesus Christ through flowers, which is just a really cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the questions for this week range from being a pastor's wife to birth control to anxiety, and uh, we're just going to go at all of these. Cannot wait. Yeah. And um, our first one, the first question of the week um, is, what is it like being a pastor's wife? What is it like being a pastor's wife? Now, Brianne, before you answer, Mm -hmm. you are unique. Um, every woman is unique and you bring to the table of being a pastor's wife who God has made you to be. You Mm -hmm. are a leader, a shepherd, a teacher. Um, You are one of the most high capacity human beings that I know. You handle multiple big things simultaneously, um, often with a little stress, but more times with ease. (laughs) And so, um, but there are unique ways that God has made you. And so when we answer this question, when you answer it, you bring all of this to the table. You filter being a pastor's wife through the grid of how God has made you to be and the dude he's called you to marry. So mm-hmm. just in light of all that, share with us, what is it like to be married to me and to be a pastor's wife? So in thinking about my answer to this question, there's about five hours of material that we can sit here and talk through. But He's the, so good looking. Mm-hmm, he's it, so easy to be mm-hmm, married to. Low yep, maintenance. Yep, yep. All right at the top of my list. (laughs) Um, But the answers I came up with were that it is awesome and simultaneously uniquely challenging. And so I can only answer, obviously, this question from my experience of what it's like being a pastor's wife. I think some of what I feel and experience is probably universal. But at the same time, this is more so my answer. So I would start by saying that it is awesome and simultaneously uniquely challenging. The awesome parts are that I grew up really longing to serve serve the church. 
whether that was through missions or whether that was through counseling or just caring for people. I think that I have I got to grow up in a home where I watched um, generations of my family love the church and love Jesus and sacrifice for the church and sacrifice for Jesus. And that just really created in me a desire to do the same. Talk about your your grandparents and just what they did and their legacy and then your mom and dad and their role in the local church. Yeah. So my grandparents were missionaries to Nigeria with SIM and they served, they would say, um, my grandma just recently told me the best years of their life um, in all throughout Nigeria doing all sorts of different ministries. And so as a little girl, although they were stateside as I grew up, I got to see their pictures. I got to see their house decorated with African decor. But really what I got to see was their love for Jesus and how they continued to love people even stateside, but they had such a deep love and affection for the Nigerian people that they had worked with. And that just planted in my heart a seed for caring for people, I believe, and for doing it in situations where it's uncomfortable and maybe even at the expense of yourself, but to show them the love of Jesus and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm. And my parents, I grew up um, in a Christian home, and I watched my parents both selflessly and tirelessly serve the local church. And since 1990, funny enough, it has actually been the village church. How many? So... Fun fact, Brianna's terrible at math and uh, literally cannot add. 26. 26. Wow. Are you sure? You've been at the Village Church for 26 years? 1990 to 2016 is 26 years. Good In job. three months. I'm very proud of you. That's very good math. Two months. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so getting to see my parents um, grow up and give their time and give their energy and give their love um, appropriately so, in an appropriate amount to the Village Church, just created in me a desire to do the same. Not specifically as I grew up to the Village Church, but it's just a funny story, which maybe we'll have to do a podcast sometime on the most awkward way to meet your spouse. Oh, we got um, it. Because I think have we, we have that in the bag. We and should so, also do one on the most awkward way to respond to a guy who likes you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... And so that just created in me, again, like a desire to love the church. And so I went to Moody to pursue counseling because that is one of the ways that after watching the way that the Lord had created me and trying to understand my created purpose that I began to pursue um, in education and I'd already kind of been doing it on a on a level of just loving people most of my life. And so that was just inherent in me to do that. And so when the Lord connected our lives together, um, it just seemed like a fabulous opportunity for us to be able to do that side by side. And so for me, I never wanted, it was a great fear of mine to marry a guy who didn't want to pour into people and who would want to go watch TV instead of be with people. And I would watch couples when I was little and the the gentleman would run out to the car and the wife would be left talking to people and he'd be like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Maybe there's a game on or he was hungry or whatever it may be. And um, the couple always just seemed on two separate pages when it came to loving people. And I would pray that I would not have to be the wife that would be dragged away from loving people <laughs> um, at the end of the service. And after about a year of our marriage, um, I had read in one of my books that so many of the same things that you fall in love with the person are the same things that end up driving you crazy about them. Preach. And here I was standing, starving half to death at the end of church, and I had talked to a hundred million people 
already and enjoyed that and loved that time. And you were still very much talking to people as I was passing away with hunger. And um, you, you would stand there just glaring at me like, <laughs> I am going to kill you. Be done talking. We have to go. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, you didn't realize I'm the hangry. level of extrovert you married. <laughs> Absolutely. And so but that's something that I've just has been so thankful for. And every time now, I, I feel like it's just a funny little way that the Lord has to remind me that this is precisely what you asked for. And um, you'll get to eat soon. Yeah. Um, so so you, you were a youth pastor's wife yes. and then a lead pastor's wife. Yes, to the same man. To the same man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clearly, let's communicate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what were maybe some of the differences of being a youth pastor's wife and a, a lead pastor's wife? Do you feel like it was basically the same? Um, what really sticks out to you as you compare the two? Youth pastor? I, I'm, I'm tempted to say that it was more fun. And I think that is true. I still, to this day, love working with adolescents. It's probably my favorite group of people to work with. I feel like they are able to assimilate truth into their life and make change much faster than adults are. Yep. And they're more teachable. And so that part, I love. I just say I'm still a youth pastor. They're just older. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and more, more difficult. Yes. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, but a lot of what we dealt with with students was still just as serious. It was very hard to work with some of the parents. And working, I think, in a lead pastor position, I didn't feel much scrutiny on my life specifically. But maybe that's because we didn't have kids either. So that's a toss-up. But when we were in the youth pastor, as I felt going into like lead pastor wife position. Yeah, describe the scrutiny. Like what, now mm-hmm. that we have kids, we have three kids, and we all know moms get real, real judgy in a way that dads don't. That's just like a fact, you know? So like what what does it mean to be or to feel scrutinized um, just as a young mom? You're th- how old are you now? 33? Is that correct? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's 1982, 30. Yeah. yeah you're 33 thanks. years mm-hmm. old. All right. Mm-hmm. We, if you want to take that out, we can stop yeah. the podcast <laughs> and delete that <laughs> part funny. of it. You'll be okay. It's fine. But yeah. Okay. So having three young children and being 33, um, I think... <laughs> What does the screeny feel like? So that's a hard one because, well, I'll just back up a little bit. At Moody, I had someone in much love tell me that I was preparing to be, to have one of the loneliest lives that you could have of being a counselor and living underneath the burden of confidentiality mm-hmm. and, and carrying so many people's burdens and not being able to really do much about it, but yet carrying them around simultaneously carrying around the burden of being a pastor's wife and the unknown of what that could be. And so I think one thing that I just have to say is that at Village Church, I think that I am very loved by um, like not like, oh, people love me, that that kind of love, but that they care that they care for me and that they um, genuinely pray for me. They ask me how they can pray for me and they they hold me up. And so when it comes to that kind of scrutiny, I don't feel like ostracized or anything and I don't but I think one of the things with that warning of having the loneliest life possible that I've taken is that I really sought to do the opposite mm. <laughs> my goal was to be in with the people to, to love them and to expose what I could of my own heart that was my information to expose and to be known um, whether it was good bad ugly beautiful cranky hangry or awesome and so I don't always know how to do that perfectly by any means, but I think that that's something 
a grace that the Lord has provided to me is to try to be with the people as though they are my people. And though I have a shepherding's shepherd's heart for them, that I am not separate from them in any way, but I am in their midst and we stand arm in arm. Yep. That's been one of the high values of, I think, our approach to life is I'm going to give the people in my life my best mm-hmm. with with my junk. I'm not going to try to hide really who I am to the best of my ability. I mean, some things aren't appropriate for everybody to know, but like right. as far as I can and say, look, this is kind of just who I am and bring my best to the table. And I think that's right. been one of the things that I've loved about you is you love hard, you love ferociously, you love transparently. When you're having a bad day, you don't hide it. When you're happy, you don't hide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of like, this is who I am. And and some people don't know what to do with that. Right. They don't know what to do with that with me either. They're like, why is he so honest? And it's like, well, do you want me to lie? Right. <laughs> you know, but we, we try to lead and model just by transparency. Right. And authenticity yep. and trying to pursue that. Um, because a lot of times what I want to do is the opposite of that. Yep. And I think that is a struggle for every person. Yep. And so whether I'm a pastor's wife or I'm the wife of a welder, no matter what it may be, I want to be pursuing authenticity with the appropriate people and letting them know my heart and letting them know my weaknesses and letting them know why it is that I need Jesus because um, that's the business that we're all about is why we need Jesus and why everyone else needs him too. Yep. And um, I need him so much. Yep. And so when it comes to the scrutiny aspect, I think the thing you mentioned, the ferocious part, the the scrutiny comes a lot with my children. Hmm. And you will not make me more upset and feel more fierce. So usually I'll be biting my tongue the whole time. So <laughs> I don't know if people can sense it as much as I'm feeling it. But inside, I imagine that a lion is pouncing on this person and taking them down to the ground. Um, when you call my child a pastor's child and you say some kind of negative term, like, oh, well, I didn't know the pastor's child would kick that wall. Oh, well, I didn't know that the pastor's child wouldn't have this prepared. Um because my children are children, and um, they kick walls and forget things, and especially when their shoes light up, so they kick the wall so their shoes light up. Right, which because is there's a party in your shoes, yes. and when there's a party in your shoes, you, you have, you have to, to, to try things. to make it, it a party all that's the time. Right. So um, that's just the scrutiny. I think that really gets to me is when it comes to my children and people say things out loud in a condescending way, and yeah, children, or make comments about yeah. like saying. Um, Oh, well, I thought you were, you know, stuck up. That's the one I get often <laughs> because you yada, yada, yada. And a lot of those times, um, maybe I was feeling insecure or mm-hmm. I was feeling really overwhelmed by a conversation I had just had with someone that I just, I couldn't process life anymore at that moment yep. and um, situations like that. Like one of the things that I think we found and <clears throat> everybody has this differently, but you're talking about scrutiny mm-hmm. is that, you know, well, 2007, you were pregnant with our first child. And for all yes. three pregnancies, you had something called hyperemesis. Uh, 1% of women have it where you throw up eight to 10 times a day. You're nauseous all the time. You were yeah. on the couch and then you'd come to church and people were like, I didn't oh, really think you were very nice. And you're yeah, like, what's wrong with her? Like, Can I puke in your face? Oh, well, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that oh. happened with three pregnancies. And then there's mm-hmm. the recovery period, which doesn't just like I think turn I just off, calculated like it was 108 weeks. Yep. It's so like 108 weeks of your life. And really when Elliot was born, that's in when four I four tra- years, yeah. mind you. So that's like in a four year span, 108 weeks in a four year span. Yep. I think a lot of people just 
did not know quite what to do with that. And Mm -hmm. the people who knew you knew what was going on. But a lot of people don't know you. They just hear, oh, that's the pastor's wife. Why does she look so upset? And it's like, Mm -hmm. she just got done puking in the bathroom, actually. So, um, and that was an interesting, I think, tension there. There's another, I think, curious thing about being a pastor's wife, particularly. And uh, and then you add to that another layer, layer of being a counselor. And I tell people, there's nobody... No marriage that has more secrets than our marriage. Mm. Like, I'm not even allowed to know who you're meeting with. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when somebody counsels with me, I'm not allowed to tell my wife anything. And people just assume that we tell each other everything. And actually, we don't tell each other anything um, ever. And uh, I rarely ever, unless the person gives you permission to talk to me, um, we don't talk about anything that happens in counseling on her end, anything that happens in counseling on my end, any private conversations. And so Bree and I, like, we have a ton of secrets from each other. I mean, when we get to heaven, I'll be like, oh, can I tell you about all of the stuff that was Mm -hmm. actually happening? And we couldn't give it to each other because we have confidentiality agreements with people. Just an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Let's let's wrap this up for today, and let's come back tomorrow. And uh, we have two more main subjects that we mm-hmm. want to deal with. You know, in this first episode with you, um, what we really wanted to do is just allow people to hear kind of your heart and get into get to know your head and kind of our dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for the Village Church, that's a very real thing. Um, I am their pastor, and you are my my wife, and we are in ministry together. So. Um, Tomorrow, let's answer two questions. Let's talk about, so for real, what is it like being married to the guy preaching? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, like what's it like being in your shoes, number one? Number two, what advice um, would you give to anybody married to somebody in full-time ministry? So tomorrow we're going to deal with that. Um, I want to thank each and every one of our listeners for joining us today. And I want to invite you to do three things. First of all, would you share this podcast with somebody in your life. Second, would you submit a question? You can go to our website, vcob.org, and on the homepage, it'll say Q&A question. Just click that, and we would love to answer your questions. Finally, number three, would you rate and review this podcast? Rating and reviewing gets it into much, much many more people's hands. Grammatically, it's incorrect, but that's okay. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow.